Eli Kessler is a New York-based producer, performer and percussionist, known for grand art installations and inventive compositions. Informed by improvisation and experimental noise, Eli Kessler utilizes unique techniques to create inventive motions of sound. You're tuned into Roots to Grooves. Welcome to another episode of Roots to Grooves. I'm Jesse. I'm Jay. Oh. I was going to introduce you, Jay. Okay. But I guess you already did it. Get it right one week. (laughs) (laughs) We are flying by the seat of our pants here on Roots to Grooves. We never know what's going on. Um, You know, well, we know some things. We don't know other things, but we're here to learn other things. And sometimes we like to talk at length about things we have no idea about or comprehension of. and. Actually, that that was a thing we got corrected on recently on um, an Instagram post that we had. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it was it was a clip of our episode on Deer Hunter, and I think you you would like labeled it as uh, being the guy from Dive. <laughs> no, some other social media guy that we yeah, have hired yeah, did that with Dive music underneath. I didn't throw you under the bus. I'm throwing you under the bus now. I know. No, <laughs> but, uh, it all comes out. Yeah, and this one guy was like, "You guys don't know what you're talking about." He like <laughs> at me at our private separate Instagrams us. accounts and all that. And then I went in there. I was like, "Oh, you know, no, this is a clip from the Deer Hunter episode." Um, you know, mm-hmm. and then he was like, "Oh, oh that makes sense." I see. <laughs> Well, thanks, though, Guy, for pointing it out, whoever you are. I think you may be a Dive fan or a Deer Hunter fan. Or a um, Cox <clears throat> fan. Yeah, Bradford Cox. Was it Bradford or Brad? Brad? Yeah, I wasn't so talking about Bradford. There we go. So <laughs> we're, already, we're already digging a hole for ourselves right now with our in- inaccuracy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what we do here is inaccurate, inaccurate uh, research. <clears throat> and anyway. But this is a show, Roots the Grooves, about musicians about artists bands solo artists groups projects from uh the beginnings of their careers through to what they're doing now through kind of navigating through their albums their discography um sometimes we don't go album by album because some of these artists have a lot of material out there yeah but um but I think we've been finding some good stories and some good mindset yeah because we want to know how these people are getting things done mm-hmm how their mind is organized in order to get it done yeah and how they put these things together and create cool things that therefore inspire us all yeah through art yeah and it's dope so today we're talking about um eli kessler yeah. i didn't really know about this guy until very recently mm-hmm. um, but he's a he's a drummer self-proclaimed procrastinist per wow procrastinist <laughs> self-percussionist procrastinist yes almost you almost said that i did it's not even a word that was rough but you know i will get these words out eventually um but just really cool you know polyrhythmic beats using different uh he basically has like a drum set but he uses different like bells and different items Mm -hmm. um almost like a 
type of prepared piano, almost yeah. like we were talking about prepared piano, but a prepared drum set. Yeah. Um, uses some, you know, a kind of cool drum, like a conga or something, making really weird sounds. So, he, I mean, basically, he has like three or four albums out. Um, he's like a solo artist and he makes ambient, rhythmic percussion music. Mm-hmm. And so I, I discovered it when I was, I don't know, it was on a playlist or, a, you know, up, upcoming music or whatever, uh, just playing. And yeah. I heard it and it intrigued me and I looked into it. It was this guy named Eli Kessler. I had no idea who it was. I uh, listened to his stadium album, just put that on in the background and it was just kind of super cool. So that was the, I was going to ask what piece of music or song mm-hmm. did you first hear? Yeah, it was, it was a, off Stadium. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think we're going to play a song from that album later on. It was, I think it was We Live in a Pathetic Temporal Urgency. Okay. And that one in the first song, Measurement, doesn't change the system at all. Um, interesting song names, song titles, by the way. Well, well. Yeah, I thought you said something else completely. No, yeah, I'm just. <laughs> I was like, what? I said like two paragraphs, but they were just song names. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? Did I? I was yeah. like, what is this guy talking exactly. about? Exactly, <laughs> measuring what? I missed some of the research. Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, so super interesting stuff. But it's kind of a- ambient, rhythmic. Um, I mean, I'm already repeating myself. What do you think about this guy, Jay? Yeah. Uh, well, I was first of all, I was amazed that you had uh, suggested this artist. I hadn't heard of him at all before. But I was surprised because mm-hmm. it was kind of, um, it's sort of, I call it left field music. It's kind mm-hmm. of like not left field, the, the group, the duo. Oh, the, I didn't know that was a group. Yeah, that's another episode. They're not diff- they're not around anymore. But um, left field is in, you know, kind of unexpected. And, right. Um, and uh, there's a couple of artists that it reminds me of. Uh, so... And you've opened the doors now to maybe us doing uh, episodes on these artists as well. I like these guys. I mean, yeah. it's kind of art, arty. Yeah, yeah. You know, like art music as much. It's it's certainly not pop. Yeah. Well, There's... so like, yes, yeah, Suzumu Yukota is a Japanese guy mm-hmm. that does very similar-ish things. Mm-hmm. Different, completely different approach and mindset to his work. But, right. But some of the things on, I think it was Icon's is it Icons Plus, the, the album from How it's Eli pronounced? Yeah, I think it's just Icons with that plus sign. Okay. But that's... So that's an album from Eli Kessler. And a lot of that stuff reminds me of this album uh, from Suzy Moyukota that I liked. Mm-hmm. And also Amon Tobin, who's an Italian guy who signed to Ninja Tunes. He, we mentioned him briefly on, a, on the Bonobo episode, I think. Okay. And... Uh, he does kind of beats, but he does a lot of set. What do you call it? Found sound. What do they call field recording? Field recordings. Music concrete. I think is another way of saying this sort of thing. Nice. So yeah, Eli Kessler kind of reminded me of of this stuff, and um, some of it was weird. You know, as I was going through listening to Eli Kessler's back catalogue, you know, there's some. We can talk more about mm-hmm. it. I guess there's like super long compositions. There's shorter things. Mostly instrumental. Yeah, it's not really the same. I don't feel like throughout albums. Mm-hmm. But there's the one thing that is consistent is a lot of experimentation. Mm-hmm. No song structure. Mm-hmm. Um, more mood and vibe mm-hmm. and stuff like yes. that. I think. Yeah. So it's kind of what I got from it. No, I agree. Also, a bit like actress as well. Who's Mm-hmm. but on a different he's on a different level as well yeah. right so. <laughs> yeah no totally but another yeah. yeah eli kessler being an example of artists who are 
like you said, left field, do, trying to do things like with a mindset involved. This guy, has, he's used like the Brooklyn Bridge, like tying yeah. strings and stuff, doing, uh, I mean, yeah, like installations. Like so, art, yeah. That's like visual installations he does, and he, he composes for films, as we'll talk about. Um, but he's done visual work. He's appeared in the Whitney Museum, Lincoln Center, Victoria and Albert Museum, Sculpture Center. It goes on and on. Um, Eli, has, he's commissioned works for the Icelandic Symphony Orchestra, Ice Ensemble, Brooklyn String Orchestra. The list goes on. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's very inventive approaches to drumming. Yeah. Like I said, he calls himself a percussionist. Mm. But um, yeah, large-scale sound and art installations. Oftentimes, you know, with other... Other drummers also just doing ambient bell sounds, just weird stuff. Yeah. Out in the city with people watching. Right. So yeah. very cool. There's some cool yeah. videos. I'm watching him do his thing live just by himself too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Where, where do we go from here? I mean, that's the... He's an electro-acoustic artist. Can we say that? Mm. I, I wouldn't say that. That's not how I would describe it. I mean, okay, well, we will differ a little bit, but I, I see him using acoustic instruments such as drums. Yeah. Um, but also, like on his set, he uses these like sensors mm-hmm. to turn it into a MIDI. Yeah. And kind of, you know, turn these acoustic sounds into electronic sounds, kind of cross that, um, cross that divide into the electronic realm. Yeah. To give it just more ambiance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he doesn't use he uses a lot of acoustic sounds, right? But not a lot of yeah. um what what like different uh, things to to modulate the sound in a in a computer or in a DAW, for example. Like he's not he uses reverb. Yeah. You know, just these basic things like compression, reverb, mm-hmm. a little delay or something, maybe, but he's not using a lot of synthesis. No. That's uh, something he said um uh the he, he, it's just funny because some of his stuff sounds electronic or a lot of it sounds electronic mm-hmm. on the surface. But yeah, you're right. He's using a lot of organic instruments to create those sounds. And sometimes not even instruments, sometimes like wires and stuff like that. Right. Weird, that are creating weird percussive things. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he says that he can't, um, electronic stuff doesn't inspire him. He said he mm-hmm. has to start with the organic sounds and that's right. what grabs him. And, and so he said, like he said, stuff like electronic processing is something that he shied away from because um, he couldn't figure out a way for it to maintain a raw natural feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, like he said, he's he's collaborated with a few other electronic artists. Like I think one of the people he collaborated with, he's doing drums live. And the other guy's doing like electronic processing mm-hmm. and stuff. And so he's been learning that what that guy's been doing and. It's kind of like saying, you know, uh, he he realizes. I don't know if he said this somewhere or or I interpreted it, but like putting up a wall for yourself by saying I can't do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think he's saying now is like that's how he has been in the past, and now he's been more exposed to the electronic side of things. He's trying to explore it more, but I think it's still the organic stuff that really inspires him, and that's what really turns him on. Turns him on, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So it's it's really cool just watching like some of his videos of him play live. Yeah, yeah. And he's just got these kind of bell things, I can't remember what they're called, but he's using like mallets yeah. on his snare drum that he said he's had since he's a kid. Yeah, since eleven. And he's just like 
doing really fast stuff, like going slow, then going faster, just really fast rhythms. Yeah. Just creating a vibe, creating these sounds, creating this music. Yeah. yeah. So it's really cool. I get. Yeah. 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 Would, no, I was just gonna say. I mean, that's as much of an overview as I can do. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then we can we can kind of go back and start see where this guy came from. Yeah, I thought it uh, originally. I thought it said Brooklyn, but no, he's from Brookline, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. I have not. Heard but it was it was confusing because he's been in Brooklyn. Yeah, making he music. Lives in New York now. Yeah, mm -hmm. Brooklyn. Um, but yeah, Brookline. Yeah. How do you Brook say that? Brookline. Yeah, I don't know much about Brookline, Massachusetts. If you live there, write in. Tell us what it's like. Anybody there? Send a photo. Um, yeah, postcard. Postcard. Send us a postcard. <laughs> But um, he was born there, began playing drums and composing when he was a teenager. I guess yeah. his family was pretty musical. Yeah, his, uh, let me see. He said his dad was a musician, I think. Um, on the spot, checking on the on, spot. On the spot. Um, so his mum was a professional dancer and his dad was a self-taught guitarist and fiddler who often traveled to Brazil for the Peace Corps and he'd return home with accordions and banjos and single-stringed instruments. So he was definitely around music growing up. Yeah, so he was like, his dad was definitely into music and his mum was dancing and into his dad arts. would always introduce him to all these crazy instruments, world, world instruments. Mm -hmm. So um, he had that around the house and I think, um, what was it, his age eight or something like that, he started drumming? Was okay. 11? I have it just as a teenager. Okay. Well, he started composing when he was 12, but I think he started playing drums when he was, yeah, eight. He started learning the drums and com and then composed stuff at 12. So, okay. So, I mean, yeah, yeah great. Yeah. Starting young. Yeah, yeah. What was he doing? Did he release anything else that early? Is there anything out there on the internet? I don't know, but interestingly, he does have a history of being a punk drummer, like, is what I've seen. And I think still to this day, I think he still plays with some punk band in New York okay. on the side. I thought I saw that somewhere too. Yeah. Some kind of punk influence. Yeah. So he was doing that when, like, when he was a teenager. He was playing in a little like, sort of rock music, punk bands kind of thing around around Boston, I think. he. Um, yeah. Because like, yeah, I don't know how far Brookline is from Boston, but... He went to college, England, England Conservatory of Music is where he studied in Boston. New um, England. New England. Did you say that? No. England. Oh, yeah. New England. Yeah, sorry. No, Eng I was reading like <laughs> one line. England. Con no, okay. New England. New England is in the USA. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For us. But there's For a, you UK guys. There's right? a Boston in the UK as well, I think. Oh, there is? Yeah. It's so confusing, it's Jay. It's like a tiny little village or something. It's like so that. confusing. <laughs> now that the UK has exited... Europe. Europe. Yeah. Can we? Can they join the USA? New uh, statehood? Be become an additional state? Whew, I don't, yeah. That's <laughs> a controversial topic. Thinking of ideas out here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good one. That means anyone from England could become president of the US. Boris? If, if that happened. Yeah, Boris. You know, well, Boris Johnson, Prime Minister of England, he was born in New York. Oh. So he was actually eligible to be Prime Minister, uh, president of the USA. Except he renounced his U.S. citizenship um, before he became prime minister. Ah, uh, that makes so. sense. I, his first no. name is Alexander, I believe. Is it? Yeah. Alexander Boris yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Man full of mysteries. His real name's Alex, and he's actually American, <laughs> and he's the prime minister. <laughs> and he's running the yeah, UK. Exactly. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, 
um, Eli Kessler goes to New England mm-hmm. Conservatory for school. He said he went in as a drummer mm. and uh, left as a formed musician. A formed musician. Yeah. So at least to himself. Not a reformed musician. A formed no, formed. This was the, I, I, I'm just saying yeah. what I'm gathering is he felt like he was a formed musician. Uh, okay. Like he'd kind of crossed that to the next level. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a drummer. I like music. I don't know what I'm doing. And then he, I guess he graduated and felt like, mm-hmm. okay, I learned something. Now I kind of have an idea of where I want to go right. and how I want to go about things. Um, and so I guess he, I mean, he did. I, he was inspired. Okay. He started designing performance installations. Yeah. Um, involving, you know, piano wire, motors, pickups, sen- percussive sensory software. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he started issuing limited CDs of his music through his label, REL Records, in mm. 2006. That's what I have. Okay, nice. And so that's, he just, yeah, started there and he hasn't quit basically yeah, since. Yeah. yeah, it seems like the art uh, side of things has really taken a big front like seat in his career like from what i was reading about him to me he it struck me he was like he's more of an artist than he is like a almost regular musician releasing albums or whatever yeah he's he's creating art through music yeah like most musicians are but he's doing it in a a little bit of a different way with a different focus well because like the um like the other it's not even see it's not even really he does performances but a lot of his work has been kind of exhibitions like they've been in like art galleries right yeah it's, it's not like, like a yeah. Eli Kessler performance it's yeah, like yeah. a I mean yeah it's a performance installation yeah it's like a event yeah, yeah. it sounds so similar to Beyonce's show is an event okay, you know? yeah. it's you could say the same thing but it's not the same thing but some of it's interactive as well I think because he was saying stuff about like um like I don't know the specifics of all this because it's a little bit I kind of need to see a documentary about this or something. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah. <laughs> to picture it. But like he was saying something about his use of wires and about how uh, some music festival, and it was kind of an interactive thing where people walking over things were like creating the sound. Mm. And he like he was trying to put them out so far away that it would cause the people to have to wander like outside of the festival or something. Um, but it was all part of like creating the sound. and. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. I think that's what he's into is like yeah. using his surroundings and the world yeah. from from objects used as a as a music instrument yeah. or using like literally the the city yeah. almost as an instrument mm-hmm. to the point of connecting wires to bridges yeah. and just making sounds under archways using the, the natural reverb yeah, yeah. and stuff like this yeah. um, and in a lot of ways it is it does come up like a, it reminds me of actress yeah. using the um architecture yeah yeah as kind of a instrument in a way yeah because but i think like eli like because with actress he did do some field recordings but he but the the architecture thing what was that more of like a aesthetic inspiration or was it like a literal thing because for eli kessler it seems very literal thing he's like literally going and using different materials to create sounds out of buildings and spaces mm-hmm. and then recording that kind of thing i'm not sure if actress no, I, did that i think actress more like saw, saw like oh the corner those three right, walls yeah. coming together i'm gonna blast a sound into that corner right and use that reverb okay or yeah. whatever but then yeah, kessler's yeah. like i'm gonna tie a string to that building right yeah and fuck it <laughs> yeah does that yeah. feel good to say i think yeah so there's like some so crossovers to, there a little bit with, that's what we're saying there's some yeah. crossovers but but architecture in music 
it's a whole new concept and yeah. theory. So I there's these, like. these guys coming yeah. out here doing that. Yeah, yeah. Mixing the architecture, which is an art in itself, and the music art in itself. Yeah. And and melding the two together. Yeah, yeah. So really cool. So I don't know. I just like to listen to this weird stuff because it's really nice. I love me some Ariana Grande or Taylor Swift now and then. <laughs> I love some good pop music. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. then it's really nice every once in a while to get something like this where it's just way more vibey. Yeah. And less formed. Yeah. yeah. Like it's formed very well, but it's just, it's not in your face chords. No. Stuff like this, you know? I mean, it's kind of cl classical in a way. Right. Even though it's not using classical orchestra instrumentation. Uh, the the art of it is a classical thing. Yeah. But he's using like modern techniques. Yeah. Because I found it really nice to like especially the icons album to um just put that on whilst i was like working and it kind of like gave me a bit of focus to what i was doing mm -hmm. like it made me because i sometimes a lot of times when i'm working on something i need silence it's kind of strange like if i have music with words in it or like tv on like it really distracts me and i can't figure out what i'm doing yeah, <laughs> yeah same but with this music I, it kind of like re-inspired me again to be like okay i've got to pick the right type of music mm -hmm. and it can help me focus like, yeah. more on what i'm working on kind of I, thing. no i like, think that's a great yeah. great point and that's kind of a byproduct of what he's doing that's not his intention or anything but I, you're right i think but um but yeah no i got a i got a sentence here he said um his poise and concentration are the focus of the performances like not just the music and like oh i love this song yeah it's like what he's doing actively right um he's alone on stage a lot of time when he's performing his own music and he's using gestures and the digital augmentation to kind of ride through almost i think i i mentioned it like he's surfing a wave kind of hmm. like he's like it's an activity not yeah. just let me present this song that i wrote five years ago yeah, yeah. it's like you're gonna watch me do this right and yeah, like yeah. You know performance art i guess so i don't know yeah. i i keep feeling like i don't really know what i'm talking about because i don't <laughs> but also eli kessler is very abstract it is pretty um, abstract and it's pretty ambient yeah um but it, i mean oh yeah here's a sentence so he said i'm sort of like surfing on a on top of this system i've built so it's really rewarding and interesting it doesn't feel static at all hmm. that's a kessler quote um he says a lot of the times he starts with an idea that the music should retain and control some sort of atmospheric and emotional space for the listener. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he thinks, unfortunately, that's lost on a lot of contemporary music. Mm -hmm. But that's what he's trying to bring back. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So um, let's play another song. Yeah. I was going to say that. He comes. Um, so he starts making music and stuff. The first thing he puts out is Catching Net album in 2012 although was there something before that yeah if you go on his discogs he has um a massive discography of albums that are listed um okay a, so on like spotify i think catching net is the first one but then he's had all these other ones like going back since 2006 on on his own label i think that was you might have talked about that right the cdrs that he was oh, doing and right stuff right like right that, like. and he put those out himself yeah um but yeah i mean there's there's a ton of things out there but i think they're all like the 
some of these albums are just like two tracks that are 20 minutes long each or something mm-hmm. like that. You know? So just, still longer than a new and than what people are releasing now. But like, you know. I mean, and yeah. all of this is unreleased material or it's kind of like he just um, posted it out there, but it's not. Well, he was, I mean, he's been putting out music before like streaming platforms really took off took off because i know like itunes they started pretty early right i don't know like yeah early 2000s yeah something like that yeah um but then things like spotify didn't come around to like much later i don't think like yeah like after 2010 yeah exactly so like and this is something he said as well um because he stopped doing music for like five years at a certain point and it was in, in amongst um that change in the rise of streaming sort of thing mm-hmm. and the reason he stopped is because it, he questioned like what what the value of a recorded piece of music was like not monetarily but like i think more, more kind of abstractly <laughs> yeah. he was thinking about he's this. pretty esoteric yeah yeah i think it was like a deeper thing that he was he was just it just kind of paused and it was just like okay now everyone has access to everything like and and no one and, you know, and just this song here, song here, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the the value of like the the piece? Yeah, yeah. it's like it's hard to explain, but I think you you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, you guys. But so yeah, he's like trying to take it to the next level. He doesn't want to just make a song and then release it. Yeah, like he he's digging deeper, and he's this is where the, the performance art comes into play. Yeah, he he wants to like feel his performances like a cathartic event yeah. you know for himself as much as it is for the people yeah, yeah. like part of the event of him performing is him feeling those feelings and and creating those sounds yeah. and the vibe and the atmosphere and the mood yeah a- along with the people watching yeah, yeah. but he, he based a lot of the stuff i think a lot of the stuff that ends up on the album he's you know he's playing live right you know and he's by himself yeah but when he plays it in front of people it's just got that much more uniqueness. Like I think he was saying, I mean, it, like you can't really recreate it. Some of the sounds he makes, yeah. things just happen in such a way. Yeah. Cause you can see him in some of the videos, his little, his bell things or whatever, are like there's little moments of imperfection where one is rattling a little bit more than, or it, he hits it hard and it picks up and then wobbles on the way back down. Yeah. Creating all these like randomized sounds. Yeah. They, it was, it's almost impossible to, accurately recreate yeah Yeah. besides not actually recording it and then playing it again right so these things just kind of happen and it's like a beautiful moment and though that's what he's trying to like capture yeah and then bring to the audience when he plays it live yeah so very cool stuff what do you got to play for us um so you picked out this track from cold pin first cold pin one it's a 13 minute long track. Do you want to play the whole thing or you just want to oh, s- I didn't realize signal at a certain point? I mean, the shortest, <laughs> the shortest song on this one is nine minutes. So on this album. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's just get a taster. Yeah. A taster. Pin one. Don't turn it down. I was rocking out to that. Yeah, one. I am. Not nodding my heads. That beat. You guys feel that beat? 
So we jest, but I think um, it's kind of an. It's, you should definitely hear it with headphones. It's like an enveloping sound. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's really cool. Um, yeah. It sounds like um, you know I don't want to. It sounds like a mess, like just <laughs> like a lot of different sounds. Yeah, yeah. And he definitely has stuff that is more a little bit more straightforward or simple at least. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. But just to give an idea of so you know, what this guy's into. <laughs> so what we just heard to give you a little bit of context and background. Um, they said it was two years in the making. Um, this uh, comes from a full length album and it was a composition and a standalone installation. And the way that music was created is he said they had 14 strings ranging in length from 25 to three feet all strung across a 15 by 40 curved wall with motors attacking the strings connected by microcontrollers, pickups, and RCA cables. <laughs> it, it, he's just making stuff up. He's just so plugging did you make stuff. those words up? Yeah. So he had all these motors and all of these strings creating that cacophony, and then below it... Um, cacophony, good word. Yeah, and then below it, he did have real instrumentation. So there's a guitarist in there, there's clarinet, um, trumpet, which you can kind of hear in a little bit there, cello, bassoon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's like there, uh, like beneath, like in that one at least. This, yes. This cacophony of like crazy shit happening. Mm -hmm. that's like happening. Visually, it must be very crazy to see. Like, mm -hmm. I, it sound. It probably looks more simple than it sounds. I don't know, or something like that. It's just. It's, it, like, it's interesting how yeah. ununiform it sounds. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of what he's going for. And there's there's things that are happening and he's playing parts that he feels or wants or likes that are repeating mm -hmm. sometimes. But then this other aspect that's going on behind him, like the thing, the random motors are no. there. I mean, they're engineered to be like randomized, um, I think. Right. Yeah. I like mean, it's somewhat. not it's not completely random in the way where how oh, we just stuck it up on the wall and see what sound mm -hmm. it makes. Like it's he's put some thought into it and done some experimentation. I think like like thoughtfully it, randomized, like engineered to be. Yeah, it's like accidents. It's like a lot of. It's kind of the he, same he's, with. He's trying to recreate year. happy accidents. Kind of, yeah. I think it's like he, you know, he has an idea of to do something using like these strings. He starts to do it, and then you know he'll hear the sound it's making. Maybe make some tweaks, mm -hmm. and then like through his tweaks, he'll get to an accident that sounds cool. And then he'll remember that and do that. So it's kind of like, it's kind of, it's basically, I guess, like any art, right? Or, or music creation. It's like, right. like we've all said time and time again, you don't like, you know, the piece, any music you hear, there has to be a ton of accidents to get to that finished piece. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, I'm going to put this piece here or I'm going to put this chord here or it's like, oh, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do in this part. Like it's all composed. Well, Siri thinks that I did not say Siri. We're recording a podcast, <laughs> Siri. <laughs> um, they're listening to us. Apple are listening. It's the technology. I don't uh -oh. know. Um, so, yeah, he's kind of, it's just very, he's, it's like, it's more of like an engineer industrialist or something. Yeah. Just a musician. Harnessing chaos. Harnessing chaos. Yes. So, I mean, that's what this guy's up to. It's interesting. Out of chaos comes order. Yeah, yeah, entropy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah, I say we just zip through some of this stuff. We're not going to play yeah, yeah. a song off of every album. So, like, obviously, some of this stuff is is wild. He has like 15 minute songs that sound like that. Mm -hmm. Sound like you're in a closet 
mm-hmm. you know, rummage like in a janitor's closet and you're, it's in the dark and you're locked in. <laughs> you're like stepping over brooms. Yeah, and, there's, like and, and like a snare drum and there's a cello in the corner. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> but this guy's really cool. And some of the stuff is, I'm excited to play some more stuff off this other album. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know if we can go straight up into the, let's talk about how he makes the music a little bit. Okay. Like, what is he using um, in terms of DAWs? like yeah. equipment and stuff. I, I see he uses Logic and Ableton mm-hmm. um, and he keeps things really simple. Uh, he doesn't use a ton of built-in compositional tools. Like I was saying, mostly sticking to microphones and aligning things um, and coming up with patterns and editing. Right. Okay. So just the basic simple stuff, making sounds yeah, yeah, yeah. and then putting them where you want them. So he's pretty much uh, traditional recording. He doesn't really use yeah. the computer for much at all. Right, right. Yeah. just to get the recordings down, yeah, yeah. basically. There's some simple edits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says he also mixes also his mixes his own records. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's kind of learning, but he said he's been getting better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he works with an engineer who I think ends up mastering it for him. And yeah. he said the guy just, the guy, the, the mastering, I think his name is Nolan Thies. Okay. Do I not? I don't know if that's right. I'm sorry, but it's Nolan. Yeah. And um, he said that he he gets the the music from Eli, and he just has to kind of tweak it a little bit. He doesn't have to do a lot to mm. get it to that final form. Um, he said, uh, I work at home, and I get my records probably like 85% or 90% to where I want them. And then he sends them to to Nolan to just mm. knock out the last little bit to make it you know, really, really pretty. Mm-hmm. But I guess I got a little bit of a setup. He has four sensors. On the acoustic snare, yeah. uh, one on the acoustic snare, one on the rack tom, one on kick drum, and one on the mesh drum. I think that's like that conga kind of thing. Yeah. Some kind of drum. Uh, Three-channel foot, sp- foot switch for MIDI controls. Um, a sensor morph. I wrote that down, but I don't know what it is. Sensor morph. Sensor morph, yeah. Uh, various Zildjian dream symbols. Yeah. We, we heard of those. Yeah. Jay's a drummer. Uh, Yamaha or Gretsch backline drum set. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Crotales, Crotales, various custom small symbols. Oh, that's what those little symbols that he puts uh, on the yeah. snare are. Right. I think Crotales, Crotales. Yeah. They look like tiny little weights, circular. They look things. like a paperweight or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they all, he said they're all tuned differently. They have different mm-hmm. yeah, notes and out of them. So it's like slightly different sizes. Yeah. And like they're like belts, kind of. Yeah. Similar. Um, which he uses, I saw him, he has them rested, like he'll have three of them on his snare drum. They have like, a, well, have some fabric on his snare drum and then three mm-hmm. of these things on it. And then he'll be using soft beaters to sort of just randomly create these uh, sounds. And Pro stuff. Mark yeah. Yeah. sticks. Pro Mark sticks. Okay. <laughs> you even know what sticks he's using. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I had to zoom in on the YouTube video. Okay, yeah. Blow it up. Oh, it's <laughs> oh Pro Mark. Uh, yeah, that's what I got on his little, his setup. So, he keeps it pretty simple. Yeah. And he just goes for creating weird sounds and the, you know, how he uses his equipment is, yeah. is what's interesting. I have a quote. He said, I'm really interested in technology and I see it as something that can be harnessed for incredible things. Unfortunately, what it does a lot of the time is it has a tendency to stare at itself and close itself off. Hmm. More and more music gets pushed into the computer simply because it's convenient. So that was kind of like, bit of his perspective on when it comes to using the computer mm-hmm. and his setup and stuff like that um yeah i mean he's yeah. just very dynamic and kind of yeah like not 
I, I almost want to say polarizing, but he's 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 like using this technology, like his sensory software, yeah, to convert things into like MIDI and stuff, yeah. But also like being like, I just want to make acoustic, organic instruments, yeah. You know, vibrations with these acoustic instruments, and then put them in, yeah, yeah. and see what I can create like that. So he's kind of like going from here, from both ends, meeting in the middle, yeah, dynamic, yeah, yeah, definitely. So cool um, song. We were gonna play a song. Should yep. we play another one? Let's play another song. Maybe yeah. a little bit. Do we have one that's sure. a little bit more like <laughs> listener friendly? Um, mm, I don't know. Well, we have yeah. one prepared from the next album he released. Last signs of speed is the album. Mm -hmm. Twelve yeah. songs, 2016 came out. Oh yeah, he does have some. Yeah, there's this other one I really liked from another album. Uh. Yeah, we live in a pathetic temporal urgency from Stadium. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's one. I'm. That's yeah. the most. Yeah, yeah. Should we play we go, let's go straight to let's it. Do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is a little bit more listenable. So this is this is the album that I discovered this guy on. Okay. And this yeah. was what kind of turned me on to him. Yeah. Let's. All right. Further ado. temporal urgency that's that's, that's all name. i could think about when i was listening to that <laughs> it's the name of the song composition not even a, i wouldn't call any of his music songs but compositions no totally yeah he's a composer yeah um from his album stadium and uh yeah that's that's kind of where some of people have described him as freeform jazz you can hear that in that yeah like, totally it yeah. sounds like scary jazz scary jazz <laughs> Haunting. It reminds me yeah. a little bit of uh, Bernard Herrmann's uh, soundtrack for Taxi Driver, which we've referenced in like a couple of episodes. Yeah. Different people have mentioned um, that music. So reminds me of that a little bit. Um, this, also, oh yeah. Oh no, go for it. You had. I was going to say about his reading and his well, his books that he references. He's had a lot of literary literary references in a couple of his albums. Okay. Um, this one. Um, stadium i think there's like there are some spoken word pieces at some point in the album did you hear that in it at all um, i can't remember okay i was hopping around a little bit okay um so basically there's this one book that he came across it's called the hatred of music hmm. 
<laughs> so now we're talking perfect. about the hatred of music. <laughs> perfect segue to what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um, that's interesting. Apparently, this is guy, a French guy, um, that was a curator of um, like operatic music festivals and Baroque and Renaissance stuff. Mm-hmm. I know that long ago, like in the 1990s. And he released this book in 96 called The Hatred of Music. It's a series of short pieces about the relationship between violence and music from the way instruments are crafted out of a lot of pain, like using animal parts, to how music has been used in war. Hmm. Um, and so he's, um, Eli said about this guy, he has a lot of contempt for the contemporary world. Um, and he thought it was interesting and beautifully written, almost poetry. Um, and, you know... It was kind of like the, it was talking about the yeah the violence in music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Very deep, crazy. I don't think Eli said he doesn't really you know align with a lot of this author's position mm-hmm. on this stuff. But it's something that's interesting to. This is another big thing that Eli thinks about. Is like we have to listen to each other, like and not, um, you know put up walls between people because they have a different opinion of us like mm-hmm. than us about something um we should listen to each other and even if it's an opposing view and something yeah. that we don't drive with like it's important to listen to it which is something i agree with a lot like, i mean yeah, yeah i'd yeah. be hard pressed to find somebody who wouldn't agree with that I, well, mean, I mean i think though a lot of people don't listen like especially yeah. in like our modern like political climate well, that's what i'm saying like off, off the yeah. cuff if you yeah. talk to somebody one-on-one yeah they'll be like oh i i'm a well-rounded person i'll listen to this perspective and this perspective but in the real world yeah people are shut off or they're in these echo chambers on facebook yeah or you know not actively trying to hear other people's opinions yeah which is important you kind of have to go after looking for it sometimes because like one thing i thought about when i because i'm like you know i don't vote i'm I, in the mid, like in America, I'm like in the middle. Like I'm not, I'm not Republican or Democrat. I'm like no party. Me either. I don't have any affiliation with any political I'm, party. I'm part of the Roots to Groups party. <laughs> exactly. So, and one thing that worried me is this: like, you know, if I'm going to lean towards any ideas at all, it's more Democratic than Republican. Sure. But like, the one thing that worries me is is that like there are crazy views on each side, and and also like not listening to each other. And I'm not talking about political parties. I'm talking about citizens because Mm -hmm. like when Trump was president, you know, a lot of people on the Democratic side immediately were like dismissed him. Everything he says is bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. Yeah, that might be the case, but I think it's really dangerous for you to decide, um, that someone who's saying something, especially in a position of power, mm-hmm. for you to suddenly by default just like say everything they say is wrong and like, you know, because mm-hmm. then you're not listening. Like you just, and I think that's dangerous. I, you know, no one listened to me when I had that point of view either. I was like, I told people, you know, in bars, well, you know, friends or whatever, like having conversations, I was like, I think it's really wrong for everyone to just not be listening to him. I mm-hmm. think you got to, like, he's the fucking president. Whether you like it or not, you got to listen. Yeah. And this is one of the big factors that Eli talks about within his music and using um, these concepts in his music because he's not a singer or a lyricist. Um, so his way of, like, pulling in these ideas is through, like, references to 
books and other art that exists and stuff like that. I think, yeah. Which is really interesting. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Great observation. Yeah. He is. So he's doing a lot of good work. Yeah. You know, at least for himself. Yeah. But being an example of searching out other opinions. Yeah. Um, even just as far as music goes, how, how can I do this in a more unique way? Yeah. You know, um, you know, and kind of br to bring it back to the album we're discussing, Stadium. Mm -hmm. um, he he recorded this in collaboration with the city. I think he said himself, mm -hmm. like, like the city as an experience, and yeah. he was aiming to like wander around and capture the essence of the vibe and the mood yeah. of where he was living. I think it was Brooklyn, is it New York, where he's at right now. I think that's where he lives now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, East Village. Right. Is that a borough in New York? Is that a whole town or what? I don't know my New York. Neither do geography I. Geography very well, unfortunately. East Village. Yeah. Look it up later. But yeah, this album's like harm harmonically a little bit of a of a departure. Yeah. Um, because there's almost a hint of melody. Right. Almost some notes you can hear. Um, <laughs> what? What did you just say? You're you're listening to <laughs> no, Kessler, right? Yeah, there's exactly. No, yeah. We're about the same artist though. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, the album's invigorating. It's ambient syncopated rhythms some repetitiveness yeah. which we all love because yeah. you know um you know samples yeah hearing them over and over again it just kind of you know patterns yeah, yeah. that's what we look for as humans yeah. but it's pretty it's still it's eerie it's claustrophobic as we heard mm. in that one but it's it's detailed and it's textured so i think he's really hitting his stride on this one yeah, yeah. this is where i discovered him so i was pretty hyped on it yeah um yeah i feel str most strongly about this one i'm most familiar with it but I'm I'm just another one of us who's just heard about Eli Kessler. Yeah, yeah. But pretty cool stuff. So, a little bit more about that. Um, this recording a stadium that you touched on. Something oh. I found. Uh, like is the Carpenter Center? That's what you mentioned. No, I didn't say that. What did I? Okay. Who is that? Um, I, he was given. I don't know. This might be something else. But he was saying that he did an installation a couple of years ago. At the Carpenter Center, Harvard's contemporary art space, um, designed by Le Corbusier. I've heard of that architect's name. I've cool. not. Um, but basically, he was saying Corbusier. Yeah, Le Corbusier. La Caboose. Le Le Caboose. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's famous. I've heard his okay. name referenced in documentaries and stuff like that. I'll take your word for it. Um, and. They said they're in this space, the Carpenter Center, and they were looking at ways to mount speakers in the space, but it's like a historic building. So there's like a bunch of rules about... No, just hammering. Yeah, you can't just like, meh, all that sort of stuff. Fair enough. Um, they said they were kind of struggling, and then they said they looked up at the ceiling and they saw these grates that were there. And uh, they said they asked the building manager um, if there were speakers, because they kind of looked like a PA system. And she didn't know... They they basically eventually found out that there's this old archaic like um, PA system that was built into the place kind of thing. Wow! And uh, so they were able to like basically drill a hole <laughs> into like a wall kind of thing, and they pulled out all these old cables um, that the system connected to, and they hooked it all up to their gear, and that's how they like I think recorded sound or got sound into the into the space because mm -hmm. it was like part of an exhibition or something like that very cool this like physically integrating your space it's like a he's like at this point he's like an architectural uh archaeologist as yeah. well as uh, <laughs> as well as a musician i mean yeah, yeah. that's some you know yeah. it's very cool to know that there was that history involved in creating those vibrations right yeah yeah, yeah. nuts 
nuts. I mean, nuts and bolts. Yeah, yeah. Anything else on stadium? Uh, no. Sorry, I, I just kept. I just want to put all my stadium stuff out there. I know it's his best <laughs> album. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But he continues on. Um, yeah. His stuff doesn't stray too far from what we've described. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, um, his next album, Icons, has some good stuff. We can play maybe another snippet of that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. The next thing, I don't know. What do you want to do? Pl- play another song straight off? Uh, yeah. I think was this. I don't even know what it sounds like anymore. I should have written notes about the songs, but it, like there was some stuff I felt like he went a bit drum and bassy on the drums. Yeah, okay. Do some you have, tracks. Do you have something to play? Yeah, I think it was off Icons, but let's see let's, if I'm correct here. Experiment. Uh, It wasn't this I one. I don't know about drum and bass on this one, but I, I do know what you're talking about. I think he does have some where there's kind of, yeah. it feels like there's a beat or it's at least going faster. All right. Yeah, found right. it. Rewind, rewind. <laughs> Stadium. Uh, you got one that you, you were saying before that was a little drum and bassy? Yeah. Off of the album Stadium. Measure, measurement doesn't change the system at all. Hmm. Sick. <laughs> yeah, that That's, was good. That song's a banger. That was a banger. Yeah. Like like legit. Uh, that yeah. one's fun to listen to. Definitely, yeah. And it just kind of is great. Yeah, yeah. Like I really like that one. That was also off stadium. Yeah. Um I kind of want to circle back for a minute on something I was trying to talk about earlier, but didn't Let's quite get out. Let's dive about in about the streaming stuff, about how he took a break from making records for five years. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. The exact thing is what he said about this. Um, he, he took time up. He said until stream, streaming became ubiquitous, ubiquitous, because he saw a lot of people walking around with earbuds navigating their spaces. Mm-hmm. So of all the things he like witnessed, people walking around on headphones, and that like inspired him to think about how they were navigating their spaces whilst listening to a soundtrack mm-hmm. of their own sort of thing. Um, um, because he said he said for a while for him um, he it was unclear for him what the role of recorded music was so not the value I said the value he said the, the, the role, role the role it's kind of a different thing 
similar ish. Sure. Different no, concepts kind but of thing. Yeah. Distinctive. Yeah. Um and yeah, he said like he's someone that likes to wander around. He likes to take long walks and kind of, you know, listen to his own music as well and mm-hmm. like you know. So it was yeah. That wandering. The wandering yeah, like aspect that, of yeah. It and like that seems like it comes up um or it seems like a good fitting word to describe how it feels to listen to his music. And I yeah. feel like he's also inspired by that. Like like you just said, yeah, yeah. he's thinking about that, how it's affecting other people. Yeah. And then he's trying to bring that to his music. Yeah. Like, you know, the essence of the city, like the mood, the atmosphere. Yeah. And how to how to recreate that weird vibe. Yeah. So I mean, very cool. And I think he's successful in doing it. Yeah. The way his instruments, you know, they they work with each other and the weird sounds, how they they blend and morph together mm. into like a weird you know, cacophony to to use Jay's term or <laughs> amalgamation, amalgamation of of, of uh, amalgamation of cacophony. Yeah, that's the way. That's the genre. <laughs> yeah, you like Kessler. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, so cool stuff. Wandering. I like it, Jay. I think the other thing about him as well is he said he doesn't he doesn't like to analyze what he does. And if anyone asks him what his music is about or sounds like, he said he slowly tries to walk away. Oh, I did I did see that interview too. I <laughs> yeah, thought it was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he's. I think he said if he like thinks about what he's doing too much, it's going to ruin it for him or yeah. like or overcomplicate it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He's just very much someone that seems to just be like you know. I have an idea and I'm going to explore it. I'm going to see where it goes, where it takes me. And then, right. And then move on to the next thing. He said like ideas, he said for him are very easy to come by and very quick. Mm-hmm. He said though, the execution of it is what takes longer. Like, you know, the seeing it through to the end, because he said like his idea is great, but then once he starts working on something, he'll have a million different like variations or things sub ideas within the idea kind of thing. like <laughs> yeah he didn't say it in that way but that's kind of like what he was getting at i think totally you know, it can you know so takes him a lot of time to work through the process i guess like right from no, the idea it, to the execution yeah yeah i think and i think i think he takes that on like the exploration mm-hmm. process like you said like that's what we're listening to yeah is eli kessler exploring this idea yeah and every track is like a little bit of a different idea mm-hmm. and a little bit of he's exploring something slightly different yeah and yeah not, so i would listen to his brain or something yeah 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 <laughs> exactly except he's except it's it sounds spontaneous but it's not in a way it's mm-hmm. planned out to a certain controlled extent. spontaneity yeah that's another terminology we've got all these like phrases eli eli kessler is giving yeah. it to us exactly yeah yeah. But and and goes to show. Look what we're learning from this different way of doing music. I feel like this has been a very sort of like there's lots of disparate ideas. Maybe it's just like mm-hmm. who he is and the information that's out there, and this is what we're gleaming from it as well. I feel like we're, he's one of these guys where we need to take all the bits of information he said mm-hmm. and really like try and piece it together a little bit more succinctly, like, right? To figure out because he doesn't have like a clear. Like in all the interviews you read and stuff out there, there's no like clear through line about what he's trying to do yeah. or say or anything. It's all very much. Ex- I'm sure that's how it comes across during yeah. this podcast. When yeah, exactly. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think I don't think it's us. I think it's actually it's him. Him. <laughs> <laughs> it's Eli's fault. <laughs> no, but I think that's yeah. very true. That yeah. that's a great observation. Yeah, yeah. And I think that holds up. I think that'll hold up in court. Yeah, if anyone 
uh, plays this episode and <laughs> as so evidence. It wasn't us, sir. It was the music of Eli Kessler. Yeah, he, d- he did this to me. <laughs> it's the hatred of music that but he's referencing. I, I do agree, though. But this music is powerful in its own right. Yeah, it stands up on its own. Um, you know, it has. He's obviously doing. He's not doing this to be a pop star no. or for fame or anything like that. There's not. A, there's not a lot of info or interviews online. He's not going to galas and no. You know. He's not doing anything weird. He's not in the tabloids about, you know, being a weirdo. No. Um, <laughs> Which is interesting because, you know, sometimes we talk about the career aspect. Maybe not so much. We talk mostly about the creativity, not so much about the business side of things. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, yeah, I was, like, wondering, like, he seems to be someone that might be making more of a living out of doing the art portion of it. Like, probably, like, grants or something like that for doing these, I, or commissions for doing these I'm sure, yeah. exhibitions and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah I'm sure, yeah. yeah. I would agree. Uh, that's just a yeah. guess, speculation. Speculation, yeah. Versus, but, like, putting out albums and going on world tours. You know, it's not that type of artist. He's a mm-hmm. composer, which is, there are very few composers these days that aren't. I mean, he has, we can say he did do one film soundtrack, but it looks like it was a indie horror movie or something like that, like... It wasn't right. like a big movie or anything like that. And that's the last thing that he has up on Spotify that's released on Spotify at least. Yeah. After Stadium and Icons. Yeah. Icons was 2021, so that's pretty new. Okay. That's yeah. pretty fresh. Yeah, yeah. That was a really good um, Icons. I think Icons and Stadium yeah. are probably the two most listenable um, uh, yeah. albums, you could say, of his. No, um, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of. I yeah, mean, I would the, start with either one of those albums if you're trying to get into this guy. Check out Stadium or Icons. And there is, I mean, there is some interesting stuff on. So the the soundtrack is for the the scary of sixty first. So it's the original um, motion picture soundtrack. I didn't read much about it other than there's like someone masturbating to a picture of a royal family member at some point in this movie. Okay, that's supposed to be a that's, weird. That's what that was into the synopsis. Uh, yeah. It was and something was, bad uh, happens. I don't know. I don't know how many rotten tomatoes it has, but we'll see. <laughs> you tell us. Anybody seen that movie? But there's some weird. Yeah, this musically though. There's some. Uh, it's probably this more most conventional stuff off this soundtrack. Yeah, where he's like, I think there's like some synths in there and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. I feel like it's more soundtracky. Okay. Yeah, but cool. I I like where he's heading yeah, based yeah. on stadium icons, and then some of the soundtrack stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like I think he's getting. I don't want to say um, like more poppy, but a little bit more. You know, formulated to where it's a little bit more easy for a regular music listener to, to get it. Yeah, you know, because we that first song we played, besides this. this the song at the start of this podcast, the first one we played after that, yeah, yeah. pretty wild, yeah, yeah, it's pretty just sounds, yeah, yeah, really unformulated, yeah, not poppy, no, no vocals, anything like that, yeah, and uh, he's getting a little bit, a little bit more listenable, yeah, as he's going, but it's still very much Eli Kessler. Don't get me oh, wrong. Yeah. I wonder how much of that came out of like COVID and lockdown stuff, like mm-hmm. my icons, because you know. That's definitely a period for him where he couldn't have done any exhibitions or real life interactive experiences and stuff like that. That's so, true. So it's probably speculation. He probably spent more time in, at home in the studio working mm-hmm. on stuff that way, kind of thing. Um, because, like, yeah, he does bounce between 
you know, studio stuff and and these albums that are like recorded in spaces, which is fascinating um, by itself. If you have the context, if you have like the description of the recording about what, right, where it was made and how, like it's it's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, one thing I was gonna say earlier um, during the when we were talking about his rec- equipment and stuff. Yeah. And his early life. He he did, he's another artist, and he started recording on his dad's Tascam four track recorder. Welcome to the four track club. Four track Eli club. Kessler. Um yeah. yeah, so he said that dates him a bit. Right. <laughs> um yeah. Da, 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 da. And then he gradually he does use Pro Tools, I, I guess, as well. Yeah. But yeah. like I said, he also uses uh the other DAWs, Logic yeah. and Ableton. So nice. Take that for what you will. That's basically all I got on Eli Kessler. Yeah, I think we I think we did him justice. Definitely, definitely uh, some stuff to check out. I want to see if there's any videos of any of the exhibitions he's done, or anything like that. Or um, I think th- I saw I did watch some live videos of yeah. him like under a bridge with okay. audience members and okay. other musicians. Yeah, yeah, definitely some cool stuff. I highly recommend checking it out for anybody. Yeah, definitely good. Definitely different type of artist. Yeah, and I dig that composer um there aren't too many composers out there doing crazy stuff like this or maybe they are and we just don't know of them so if you have any suggestions we're here to discover them yeah yeah along with you guys we're all here in this together um but if we're good um you got anything else jay no you got a song to play out uh you picked out the accidents i picked it out Nice, nice yeah well this has been rooster groove i'm jesse this is jay purcell founder of signal radio let us know if we have any um, corrections. We've been getting hit hard with corrections. One big one. Let's blame it all on the social media guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you got anything at all, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was awesome learning about Eli Kessler with you all. Um, if you got anything to say to us, hit us up at the email. Jay? All right. Roots to Grooves at SignalRadio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L Radio.com. is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com. <laughs>